0: Judgment Guidelines. A lot of people, um, we, everywhere we go, we make judgments. Amen. You can't go anywhere out of your driveway at all without making hundreds of judgments as to what's going on around you. You know, whether you're going Fast enough that the guy behind you is not beating you. going slow enough that you don't run into the first 10 drive. You've got to make sure you use your signals every direction you're going to turn and go. Everybody's always looking for different things. And they're judging you on how well you do with you drive. Amen? Now, I always have a bad problem you when I drive. I kind of want to make sure it works down. I goes to sometimes. And know, though, I, I still right have there. that kind of, when I want to go to the right, I go too far. And then I got to and now I'm it what, don't, So don't, solve me so if don't do I'm But anyway, judgment is part of everything we do. You walk in a restaurant, it takes you about 10 seconds to realize whether you want to stay or whether I don't think I don't want to eat. That just doesn't take that long. So there are judgments everywhere that we need to make. So in, in looking for guidance on how to make life better, we're going to look to God's Word, and it's going to be found where we take our text today in Romans, the 14th chapter, if you want to turn your Bible better, and while you're turning, we'll look to the Holy of the Heavenly Father, we're thankful again for the opportunity to open your eternal Word, read it, understand it, allow the Spirit of God to interpret in our minds and our exactly what we need to know, about being the child of God you want us to be. So us we pray in every way. Give us your history we need in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read some scriptures here out of this chapter. Now, um, you have to also understand, to understand Bible, everything has to be in context. You can't just pull a scripture out and read it and say, ah, I understand. It has to be in the context to read it. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter or all that but i do want to pull this part out of it and i'll refer back to before and after just to keep us in our minds sure that we're keeping it all in the context that we need and i'm going to start with verse 7. for none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself for whether we live or whether we live we live under the lord and whether we die we die under the lord Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died. Way now, when we talk about judging one another or judging our brother, it's going to happen. It just has to happen. It's, it's just like part of, of our thinking pattern, uh, our uh, patterns, the next next our rational patterns. There are things that are going to make judgment calls on on everybody. All that so you it got says about Jesus now, it may be good one, it may not. What a decent one all right. you. The of be. But we're here to learn what God has for us. Not that judgment is wrong, but it has to be conformed to the Word of God and the Spirit of God when we use the judgments that we're talking about here. So when we stop and think about what's going on within us, at all times, we have to... <coughs> With the psalmist in psalms 134 14. Now, let me read that to you real quick it says i will praise thee for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well now what i want to establish there is when it comes to judgment People may not like you, but if you're doing what God wants you to do, you have to rest in the thought that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are what you are, because God made you that way. You can change some of it, you can add to or take away from it, but basically you are what you are because of how God puts you on this earth. God knew what parents you should have. Amen. If that didn't make you straighten up, then you what kids you'd be around to raise. That'll straighten out anybody, right? If your parents couldn't make you walk straight, your kids will remind you of how bad you were to your parents. Nothing else. But we are God's design. We are God's engineering. He put us together as exactly the way He wants us to go. So, we see that played out throughout the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Amen? So, when we think of it that way, when we start trying to judge other people, we need to be reminded, ah, as we judge them, they have the privilege of judging us. Amen? So if we consider how God wants us to be, then we can be better in dealing with others around us rather than judging them or, if you would, cutting them off short or moving on or whatever you want to have you want to look at. But we are, as human beings designed in God's image, we are three parts. We have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. We, that those three parts of us make choices based on the needs of the three portions that we are. So simply put, when we're hungry, we eat. When we're thirsty, we drink. When we're sleeping, we take a power nap. All of those are dictated to us that they are wise choices because we got body, and it means those things. Amen? When you think things through and apply your attitude and your conscience of situations in your life, the reality is that's your spirit talking to you. Amen? When you melt those choices all together for the body and the spirit, now it collectively comes in and it becomes part of your soul and that is what makes the difference from you and everyone else. You know we all have two hands, hopefully, or less. Amen. We all stand up, and we all walk around, and we all got eyeballs and ears and everything else. Kind of like opinions. Everybody's got a bunch of them. All right? But when it comes to those things, we also have to acknowledge we're all individuals. I can't think for you. You can't think for me. God made us that way. I'm glad that I'm an individual. I got my hands full keeping up with where God wants me to be personally, amen? And so because I am an individual, that gives me the privilege of having the individual, personal relationship with God that I can walk with him in salvation. I don't have to depend on anybody else to make sure I'm right with God when I make a decision in my life, amen? Let me say it right here, right now, because we're fearful of <coughs> what will be made in three distinct parts, that's why we're privileged, if you would, to be Americans. Did you know that? Amen. Amen. Do you know those three parts of your body Love, freedom, and liberty. And America is one of the only countries in the world, not the only one, but one of the only ones, where you're allowed to think whatever you want. You have freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I know they're trying to work on that. I don't want to get on that soapbox. But you have privileges where you can make up your own mind. You know, if you want to eat chicken for dinner. That's fine. What, Chinese? That's fine. Just got to cross the street. Amen. Whatever you want, you have the freedom to do what you want. Not all countries are that way. Amen. And there are some of us that don't like to be told what to do. Amen. How many of you like that? No, you don't. Amen. We love the privilege of thinking for ourselves. As an individual before God, you have that privilege. Amen. And even our Constitution is supposed to guide that privilege. Amen. Now you can abuse that privilege. Because in your body, you know, you can eat too much. You can drink too much. You can sleep too much. Yet your body needs all those things. But you can abuse that privilege if you're not careful. Amen. But it's good to have the idea that you can. Do what you're supposed to do in your spirit we need the influence of the two witnesses what's the two witnesses God's Word and God's Spirit they will guide your spirit in every choice you need to make but again they can get you going the way you should go and have the right process and the right attitude of life once again once you've got out of step with God when the body and spirit are balanced The soul, that's the the eternal portion of you, that's the part that's going to go to heaven or not, Uh, will be content in the fact that we are who we are. Amen? That's what we need to find contentment in. Now, because we are individual, that doesn't give us the right to be prideful or selfish or arrogant. We're individuals with the purpose of getting along with one another. That's what we call fellowship. That's what we call being a good neighbor. All right, therefore, to be a good friend, a good neighbor, a good American, a good Christian, we have to balance all the choices we make in life so that we are, in our own minds anyway, satisfying the the judgments, Guidelines that God has given us. We need laws, and we need law enforcement. Because left to ourselves, well, you can see what things can pop up. If you watch the news, they'll show you how bad things can be when people think that's mine. I'll take it. I was I was deeply disturbed when I saw camera footage of people just walking in stores, grabbing arms of stuff and not even run. Just walk out of the store like no big deal. And nobody laid a hand on them. Nobody said stop. Nobody said that's not yours. And now guess what? Now that that's on television to see that, guess who else is going to try it? Everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what I need to do. I need to go to the knocks, knock on the front door, go in, grab as much gold as I can carry and walk in. Would that work? Uh, well, I don't think so, but you see, we get to the place where people have their own mindset, and think they can make choices that don't matter to nobody else what I choose to do. Well, there's gonna be consequences because there are people that see that, that are like it. There are store owners that can't afford to operate stores with people walking in and just helping themselves without going the through check out and leaving some cash behind. So now, with all of that, uh, if you would in our hearts and minds, and that will help us get along with one another when we think about how we make judgments. In the worldly world with about 4 billion other people. That's quite a deal. Okay, And nobody likes to be pushed or stepped on or overlooked, but the same privileges we want to enjoy, we should allow the other 4 billion
1: people in this world to have those same privileges.
0: In verse number 7, we find there that none of us are, if you would, going to live to ourselves, and none of us are going to die for ourselves, is what all, through the Holy Spirit, uh, inspired, is writing here to this Roman church. These people in Rome were people that wanted to be Christians. They had seen the benefit of being a Christian, and yet they weren't, if you would, Jews. They weren't God's chosen people. According to Old Testament history and Old Testament scripture, God, if you would, chose those folks to work in their lives to bring them to the promised land, you know, the Old Testament story in history, right? So here we go. All of us don't live to ourselves. We don't die to ourselves. We are part of the world around us. But yes, we're individuals. So we do have some uh, individual rights in ourselves, but as individuals, um, we're all in this world together, and God's plan is for us to act right,
1: be right,
0: and get along with one another. Wouldn't that be cool if everybody got along? It should be different, that's for sure. Amen? So this principle in verse 7 applies to all of us as a person. We all live or we all die according to what we do, uh, and and none of us do it to ourselves. There are people around us that are affected when we live. There are people around us that are affected when we die. So we are all in this program together. And so in verse 8, he says for. We need to make sure for means because. Because whether we live or... Uh, We live unto the Lord, whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Either way, we belong to the Lord. All right, so here we go. Let me apply some of this wisdom that we get. Uh, Here he says now, uh, he wants to talk to us, and he's talking, if you would, to the Roman people here. He's trying to talk to them from a Christian viewpoint. He's, if you would, assuming I'm talking to Christians, and these Christians need to understand what I'm talking about here. Amen. Because they need to know how to have an individual walk with God. We need to see that uh, to live, we need to live under the Lord. What's that mean? The choices we make in life need to be godly choices. Amen. Or if we die, we die under the Lord. You know, there are people that probably have more impact on their families at their funeral than they did while they were women. That could happen that way. Amen. Hopefully not. So whether we live or whether we die, no doubt about it, we are the Lord's. Bottom line. You can't get away from it. Amen. So when it says we are the Lord's, uh, that point means that we need to fully grasp in the writing of this portion of Scripture that God is controlling touch what He wants to control in our lives through His Word, through His Spirit and so through our choices, have to Amen. Amen. we make judgments and choices based on what we know. Amen. That also applies, if you would, spiritually. To live spiritually means you're saved. Means you're a Christian. Means you're born again. You're alive in the Spirit. And to die spiritually means you're not. <coughs> That means you're lost, you're blind. There are other terms in the scripture <coughs> that that applies to. So, sometimes the scripture even says there are people that are dead while they're living. What does that mean? It means they're not Christians. Amen? So whether we're uh, a Christian or not a Christian, it's, we're still the Lord's. We're still under his creation power. He's still and wonderfully made each one of us, and we need to do our best to walk for him and what he has for us. Amen? So when we understand from a physical standpoint what we're doing in our bodies and in our spirit and in our soul, we can understand what Christ is saying when we are the Lords. It says, but to understand all that, we have to look at verse number nine. For to this end christ both died and rose and revived that he might be lord of the living and the dead you know whether you were living or dead <laughs> depends on Jesus Christ. that's pretty on. that's a whole other subject but you know the only way to get to heaven is through jesus christ the only door to salvation is jesus christ he's the only foundation to the church jesus christ that's another whole subject but christ set forth an example through his walk on this earth and through all the teachings that he did that he died he rose and most importantly he revived now to be revived tells me something special about christ He's still living. He's still alive today. He revived. Amen. God has the power to revive us even if we pass away and are laid out in a casket or whatever you want to do with after you're gone. God did one of these days, the scripture tells us, we going to bring us all back together and we're going to face a final judgment. So we need to be ready for that. But here we find that christ is alive now because christ is alive and he arose and revived amen that qualifies him to be our lord of both the dead and the living paul says in this particular uh, scripture here now if he's lord of all that means as christians we need to live in such a way that we follow his leadings or his teachings or his guidelines in the things that we do in our life. Amen. Amen. And as a sinner, we also need to look to Christ because he's our example of what our possibility can be in our lives. And through the Holy Spirit, when we found out we were walking wrong directions in the past, we were convicted of that by the Holy Spirit. Then we came to our senses, if you want to say it that way, and turned to Christ to find the redemption we need. Amen? This context of this portion of Scripture is to be help to those that are sinners, but it's light to those of us that are Christians. Amen. Amen? So God can say one thing as he writes it on the page. If you're saved, it means more to you than if you're not saved. But it's still baggable information for those that aren't saved, even though it is good information for those that are saved. Amen? Well, here we find out in this particular context, in verse 1, Paul was writing to them, and he said, He that speak in faith, receive ye, but not with doubtful dispensations. Okay, now what's he saying? we got to help the ones that faith this weak. That's our job. And how are we going to know that their faith is weak? Help, we can help them. We've got to make some judgments. Well, we run into, as we come down through here, there are some things that the Romans were judging others by that we don't need to judge by those same standards. Amen? Mm-hmm. So when we get to um, verse number four, it says, Don't judge another man's servants. <coughs> Amen. Yeah. Now, that's not one way to judge how good a person is. Amen. in other words, judge don't judge me by don't my dad. All right? That make sense? Amen. I You've got to judge me as an individual. Or however you want to uh, interpret what he's trying to teach us there. But when he gets down to verse number uh, five and six, he says some people say this day is more important than others. Yeah? Some people say this meat's good and I'm going to eat it. Well, you have to also understand when Paul's writing this in the first century, they still had an awful lot of people that gave sacrifices physically for different idols to worship. All right. Now, was sacrifice is something that God accepted in the Old Testament? You better say I reckon. Lambs, calves, turkeys, whatever—they all had a purpose when they sacrificed. Now, when they slipped their throat and did the sacrifice, what did they with the meat? Well, there was a purpose for all that. They butchered them. They had people that took that meat. What wasn't burnt on the altar was used to feast people. All right? Now, that was fine if you did it according to the laws of the Old Testament. But some of the people who carried those laws into the New Testament were false writing, and some of those Romans were following those laws, but they were using that meat that was offered to an idol. Well, if you read some of the New Testament, you'll pick up on that pretty quick. That it was thought that you should eat the meat if that sacrifice was given to an idol. And they should not do it. That was a bad judgment in the first century. And Paul's uh, trying to take care of that in this part. So whether you eat meat or you don't eat meat, he says, just do it with Thanksgiving and don't ask any questions where the meat came from. Now, he, Paul knew, and I believe the Holy Spirit will chew you in on it, one of these days they're going to get past all that. And sooner or later they're going to figure out offering meat to an idol is not going to get you anywhere. All right? Now, so whatever they do with the meat, when they butcher it, they sell all in the meat market, or whatever. You can butcher your own and enjoy the meat. You mind yeah. me? Unless you're uh, vegetarian, then all you can eat is animal products. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a vegan or whatever, that's just a diet. That's not got anything to do with eating meat or not. Amen. But the idol worship is what the scriptures teach us not to be involved in not the eating of meat, if it's received with thanksgiving. You can read that in the part that we uh, uh, highlighted there. So the bottom line in our text was too much judging of one another is going on, and Paul's writing this to the Romans to put a stop to it. Amen? The judgment words is the wrong way unless the Holy Spirit is giving you the words to say. Amen. otherwise it's just your opinion got that so your opinion don't matter it's god's judgment and the guidelines he gives us for judging that does matter amen so in verse number 10 we're going to drop back down into where we was but why Just thou judge i read i read that question and kind of paused as i read the text earlier why do you judge your brother, huh? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, but he says here, um, based on what we've got here, why we judge it starts out with the word but. That means on the other hand, basically as to what he was saying, that's one of our rules On the other hand, here's a real point. Now uh, why do you judge your brother? No matter what he thinks is best in days, in means or how he chooses to live i thought the days and means by leaving it in the context that paul's writing about all right because that's one of the things that was a hindrance to the christians in the first century the holy spirit needs to convince that person of his choices he needs to live by and not me with uh, words telling him what he should eat or what days are the best days. How I many of you have a favorite holiday? Sure you do. Men, ground holiday, right? <laughs> Nonetheless, we come together and we get together and see things for ourselves. We make our own choices on a lot of those things. And I'm glad that it's not up to me to make those choices for my brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you have the right to choose whatever holiday you make the best or the coolest. Amen. But in reality, uh, there's only one judgment that counts. And that's the one that's going to affect eternity. Amen. So when we get down to verse number 10, he says um, at the end there, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to stand there. All of us. There's no exceptions. Amen. That's the only judgment. We need to make sure we get a passing grade on that test. Amen? Because that judgment means heaven or hell forever. Amen? None of us can sidestep that judgment. Therefore, Paul's admonition according to that judgment is Choose wisely in this life so that it won't affect you or make you uh, come up short, if you would, in the judgment of that judgment in the final days when we stand before Christ. And then we'll all face the judgments we made in the future from that point on. So then, how can we be assured of the importance of that judgment? Maybe I can sidestep the judgment because of who I am. All of us are going to stand before that judgment seat. 1st number 11 says, for, for these because, that's one of our statements, because it is written, as I did, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. Amen? Did you get that? It's already said. Say, so I bow bowing for nobody. Ah, you not Maybe not in this world, but there's a coming a time you will bow. I confess enough. Now be your mind you're going to confess. You can say what you want. But every one of us have those uh, bowing and that confession to be uh, in your future. Amen. This is already settled and there's no more discussion on that particular subject. So as I live,
1: who is the I in that sickness? It's the
0: Lord. He says so. As I live, saith the Lord. It says so. You know the one who, that, who was revived? He's the one that says, every knee shall bow. Amen? So, trust me, that even includes the atheists, that includes the sinners, the unbelievers, or any other category you want, and yes, that even includes the born again Christians. Mm -hmm. We will all bow and we will all confess whether we have chosen the righteousness of God to guide our lives or not. Amen? Philippians. Keep your thumb there some kind of Mess of but I want to show you the Philippians' second chapter. What it has to say about that. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord through the glory of the Father. You can't get around it. Amen. say, so, well, Brother D, that's the same guy that spoke and did both times Paul wrote that. Maybe that's just his opinion. Amen. Well will go back to the Old Testament and see what God had to say about it there in Isaiah. Isaiah the 14th chapter. Oh, I'm sorry, 14th chapter. Isaiah 45. So I have sworn by myself the Lord is going out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You're not going to miss the opportunity to bow and confess to Jesus Christ. We all have that in our futures looking forward amen so if we understand that according to those scriptures it doesn't sound like it's optional you don't get to make a choice on that it's already etched in the word of god amen it sounds like it's uh it's a definite fact beyond dispute so then we look at verse number 12 in our text so then we will individually Give an account of ourselves to God. Amen? So if that's the case, why not start giving an account to God now? We're going to have to do it sooner or later. It'd be easier for us yes. on the final day of judgment if we knew everything was right in our lives now by the righteous judgment that God asks us to be judged by rather than wait till then and uh, if you would roll the dice. Well, uh, I can tell you, if you wait to roll the dice then, you're probably gonna come out snake eyes because it's not gonna work. You're not gonna get through the final judgment on a roll of the dice, amen? So if that's the case, then we're gonna start living for God every day that God gives us, and we'll have a whole lot less explaining to do the day of judgment. Now I know a lot of people think the day of judgment, they're going to get up there, maybe even have a couple of warriors to represent them, and they're going to stand up and argue with God. It's a, it's a done deal once you face God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's it just, it's going to be, when God looks at us at the final judgment, it's going to be just as clear to him, the scripture says, as to be able to tell whether you're a sheep or a goat. I can drive down the road 60 mile an hour, That's the farm field. And look out in the field. And if there's a sheep or a goat out there, I can tell them they are. I can have one from the other just that quick. did not you? I mean, they're similar. Hey, that's similar. Well, guess what? When the sinners and the saints stand before God, it's going to be just that clear to him. He's going to know who his sheep are. He's going to know who the goats are. And the scripture says he's going to divide the sheep from the goats. And the sheep, he'll say, enter in, in. To the goats, he'll say, work for me. I never did again. It. Amen. It's just that simple. It's not complicated. And when we get to that position, I even believe God will give us enough knowledge that we won't even have enough. Backbone, I don't know what else to say. Even say, oh, I got something to say to you, Lord. Uh, I know I messed up, but here, I've got to read the He said, did you read my words? didn't you listen to my spirit? Then what's your excuse? We put it out there plain and simple. You should know what you should be doing on the day of final judgment. Amen? So when it gets to that, verse 15, Paul tells the Romans, quit judging everyone by the trivial matters that are not even going to affect eternity. Well, what are they? Don't judge according to meat. Don't judge according to drink. Don't judge according to matters that don't matter, or days, or other judgments. But judge by this, that no one puts a reason to cause another person to stumble by putting a stumbling block in their days. Amen? You want to hear the new version on that? Hey, blockheads! Don't put a stumbling block in your brother and sister's way. Straighten up. Get your life straight and live like you want to be a child of God. And let them choose whether they want to follow your footprints or not. Amen? That's a dude. He's a pretty conversation. Amen. But anyway, the biggest stumbling block you can put your brother and sister's way is unsolicited judgments. You know what turns off most people the quickest? When you say something about them, it, outside, it's more or less just said this way, as your own opinion, rather than getting the counsel from the Word of God or the Spirit of God. Amen. When you do that... You will hurt more people or be a stumbling block for more people than you have time to witness to in this lifetime. <laughs> Amen? What Paul says in verse 14 and 15, we didn't get, get down in and I'm not going to look at it all that much. Paul says, Jesus taught me these kind of judgments years ago, is what Paul was telling those Romans. I need to learn from what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said? Don't strain of the neck and swallow the know That's what we do when we put our own judgments out and put others, if you would, in our box of things instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to their hearts and minds. Most of the things that Jesus finds offensive in us is when we judge someone else by our own standards. That's when we will get in trouble for the most part. Jesus really isn't interested in what your favorite food is, so I don't need to judge you by what you eat. He's not really interested in what your birthday is. Amen. I gotta tell you, it ain't important to me either, unless it's May 5th. May it's the fourth birthday. Amen. Just get beyond that stuff. Your anniversary doesn't mean to think to God. Amen. There's not a day that goes by. When we can't look at somebody and say, oh, today's your birthday, your anniversary, your favorite day, your best, uh, your seniority day on the job. That's important to some people. Don't mean a thing to me. And I'm going to judge you. Those are trivial things. Those are earthbound things. We need to get beyond a lot of that whole thing. And we need to get back to being what Jesus is interested in. And that is whether you're choosing the right priorities. live your life by. So go to verse number 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Well, that eliminates substitute. We don't have to judge about that anymore, do we? No, because that's not got anything to do with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Well, what is it? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the things we need to judge on. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those are the things Christ wants us to be centered on in making the judgments we make. Not only for our lives, but in helping others in their life. You see somebody doing something that you know they know better than doing that, you basically have the right to say, don't you know any better than that? Amen. I hear people cussing, using words. And I just asked them, do you eat with that same building now?" I I said on the job a man at times. Amen. And I've these guys, I've been driving my van down the road, and they'd see a, another Sears van coming the other way and they'd wave at me. I'd say next time i see them, I said, next time you wave at me. Use all of your fingers. Amen. I know what they're up to. We've got to get it right. We're allowed to judge on those things. Let them know what we see, what they're doing in their lives amen but verse 18 says for that means because again remember that because that in these things serveth christ is but he that is in these things i get it right in later. I get my eyes just Servant christ is acceptable to god and a crew of men you know there's nothing in this Walk with our life, if we do it to please God, that man can say, You're not going right. You're doing wrong. <laughs> because all I have to say is, I'm doing that. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God teach me I'm doing what's right. Do they have an answer for that? There's no answer. For if you're choosing what you choose based on what the Word of God and Spirit of God is teaching you to make those choices or those right judgments. Then you can't have to say that you're doing it wrong. Amen. That's what will make you approved and acceptable, not only in this world, and even if they don't accept that, it makes you approved in the final judgment. It makes you right with God. If we follow these guidelines, who knows? We may even get to heaven and take a few others with us. Wouldn't that be great? Amen. Amen. I've often wondered how many people really want to go to heaven. And I even pray, Lord, lead me to the people that have honest hearts and that accept what the Word of God and the Spirit of God wants to teach them. Those that are going down wrong paths that are going to cause them issues at the final judgment. I want to have the wisdom and understanding of the Word of God and the Spirit of God to tell them that they need to get on the right path. Now, it's up to them to choose it, but I want to offer it to them so that when I make it to heaven, I look around, Huh? Oh, guess who else is here? in that time? Good to see you. Amen? I want everybody to make heaven because that's where we're all going to have the eternal peace and joy that God wants us to have. We can have peace and joy on this earth, but it has to be because of the righteousness. Choices we've before according to. Verse number 17. Amen? But whether anyone else chooses heaven or not, I've been made up my mind. Amen. Amen. I've been made up my mind. i to make the right choices and the right judgments. Amen? I want to do it because it offers me a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. That's what sets me on the right path when I get to the final stage of this life and step into the final judgment at the beginning of the next life. There's a judgment we all have to go through. You just don't leave this world and go straight somewhere else. There's a judgment in between the scriptures teach us. We need to make sure we're ready for that judgment. Amen? And remember, Jesus never said it'd be
1: easy. just just works.